Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 84 of the Farbound Metal Podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, I've kind of got a theme going as I recommend the one-man Russian prog band Igor Lepo. Before that, I welcome a fave to the program in Cloud Kicker. Cloud Kicker is the long-running instrumental progressive project of Ben Sharp. Ben is someone that I've admired both musically and how he approaches how he gets his music to his fans. He came on the show to talk about his return to something close to normal in his day job as a pilot, the new Cloud Kicker album Solitude, the glory days of MySpace, potentially playing live again, and more. So before we get started, here is some of the new version of the track Not to Scale or Painted from the album Solitude. Um, how has how has your uh, quarantine been? I'm sure it's been fun, like all of ours. Yeah, um, since like July, it's been pretty normal. My life is fairly normal now. Um, March, mid March until the end of June, was uh, you know I was just home twenty four seven, and that's when I wrote this album. So that's kind of what I did with myself. I turned that into my full time job and. So, you know, I didn't really notice a whole lot of difference except I was home all the time. I'm assuming you're not flying right now? I am. Oh. I've been since the end of June. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, that's good. You just said that. Yeah. How has that been? I, I hear different kind of vibes from different airlines and stuff. Um, it's, it's surprisingly normal. Um, you know, everyone wears a mask. But other than that, like, oh, and, you know, flights aren't full and airports aren't full. But as far as, like, the day-to-day, like, just how the job is, it's it's totally normal. That's probably true. So, yeah, it's been it's been all right for, um, you know, in terms of, like, my mental health. Uh, my, my life isn't a whole lot different than it was a year ago. Um, and you said you, you did this album all in this, like, quarantine thing. Was that, like, you just became stir crazy and went for it or is this like i'm home i'm bored let's do this <laughs> no i actually i didn't give myself a chance to get stir crazy um i i, I realized pretty early on that like i was going to be home for a while and um you know i hadn't written any music since last uh I, the last thing i put out was last august so uh so this was in march it had been a few months since i had written anything and i figured i'm going to be home for a long time um I might as well like dive into something and I didn't really, I wasn't planning on it. I mean, I wanted to write something, but I I didn't really have any uh, concrete ideas of like what it was going to be. So I just started writing a bunch of stuff and then it, it ended up being this. And you said you haven't written anything since last August. I mean, there are bands that wait half a decade to put out something. Why do you put like such a 
well, in some ways, a shorter like turnaround mm-hmm. for yourself. Because I can, because uh, it's just me, and you know, um, like I, I don't tour or anything, so there's really no like cycle I have to adhere to. Um, and when I have a bunch of free time, like what better way to to um, to occupy it than with music? Because I can really just dive headfirst into that and keep myself busy for a while. And I'm assuming Sasha's involvement on the album came from both the tour and then you being on the Intronaut album? Yeah, more or less. I mean, we're friends. Um, and uh, yeah, I did a little bit of stuff for the Intronaut album. And, you know, I think I was just in a mood to collaborate with people. I This is probably the most collaborative I've been on music for a long time. Um as far as like, you know, working with Sasha on a couple tracks and then involving some friends of mine, uh, to like get their opinions on, you know, production. And, uh, I had other people master the album, which I've never done before. So it was, it was almost kind of like just a way to stay sociable in a way and just involving people in the music. And how was letting go for you? Is that, is that easy or hard for you? Easier now than it's ever been. Okay. I I had like a solid decade plus of like keeping everything incredibly close and um, you know controlling every element of of what I do and I was ready to to kind of let go a little bit so it it's actually been pretty fun. And are you somebody who? Well, I mean, probably obviously at this point, you prefer doing your own thing rather than being in a band. I mean, just, I, I mean, I'm kind of impatient, so. I get that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, when I write music, there's this, when I do it all myself, um, I mean, first and foremost, I'm just used to it at this point. It's like my comfort zone. But when I, when I do everything myself, there's this really immediate feedback of like what I've done and what, what it sounds like. And, you know, not having to wait for anyone else's input, not having to wait for, you know, anyone else's ideas. Like it's having been in bands and then having done this, like it would be cool to be in a band, but I just feel like the, like creatively it's really fulfilling for me, um, to still just be able to, to, to have the music I make just be entirely representative of, you know, what I'm thinking. Um, coming back to the new album a bit, how much of your, how much thought goes into like a song title for you? Cause you've, over the years you've had kind of, you know, crazy long sentence song titles and symbols and that sort of thing. And like the new one has a, a, a song title that I Googled and found is a bridge in Germany. Ludendorff Brook. Yes. Yeah. Um, I try to put some thought in the song titles. Song titles, I have like kind of a love hate relationship with them because they, it can be like, you know, especially for instrumental music, there's no, there's no verbal uh, accompaniment with it except for the titles of the song and the titles of the album. So like for anyone to, there's a chance there to, to like, to express something um, a lot more specific than 
you know the music itself. So I try to I try to have a theme um, for everything that you know usually just encompasses like how I'm feeling at the time. So in that way, I can kind of just like every one of these albums is like a, an index point of of like what was going on with me um, at that time. And usually that works. Um, like this album, uh, did you ask me like what it means or was your question more just like, how do I come up with them? Well, I mean, that was where I was leading to uh, a little bit, but yeah. these are song titles for you and how they are. Yeah. So this album, um, has a vague theme, you know, solitude, uh, is like a two part thing. The first thing is that like the last album was called unending. I originally wanted to call that unending solitude. Um, because it's something I think about a lot, but I thought that was a little too dramatic. So I just called it unending. <laughs> and so this one, it was like a, like a double entendre kind of thing. Like I already had the name solitude from like a, a year or two ago. And it also could represent, you know, just the fact that that's kind of been everyone's theme this year. It's like, we're a lot more solitary than we ever have been for, you know, at least for most of us. Um, so that is like the general, like the umbrella, cause it's the album title. And then the, the individual songs, like within the, the song titles, there's a, a vague theme of like um, structural collapse, which I think is, is fairly um, appropriate. And now the bridge thing makes sense. Cause that bridge is no longer. Yeah. Like uh, the, the, it's, couple bridges and one of them i think is a dam that burst in china just like things things collapsing and causing a lot of destruction is like a general theme even so i had the i already had the song uh not to scale or painted which is uh you know i wrote like two years two or three years ago and that is a reference it's a it's a reference to back to the future so i already had like a movie quote thing going on and i didn't want to just like retitle that song that everyone already knows so I just I included a couple of other movie quotes, but the, there's two that's, that's actually one line split into two songs. Um, I'm glad you still have a sense of humor. I wouldn't if I were you is from the movie uh, The Big Short, which is also kind of it's also about structural collapse. Yeah, it's a good yeah. movie. I've been meaning to rewatch that. It's not a light. I've seen it. I've seen it like three or four times. It's nice. one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's the point, but I enjoyed it, I guess. Well, you know, what's interesting is that like, I've watched it a bunch like on planes and stuff. Like if it's just there, I'll watch it. It's one of those things. Um, I really like like the way it's done and the, you know, so many good actors in it and everything, but I've watched, I watched it in during the quarantine. So this would have been maybe in like March or April. And it totally had like a different vibe. Uh, since this has all happened than before so like i it, it seemed a lot more lighthearted when we weren't in the midst of like societal breakdown <laughs> <laughs> like when that was in the rearview mirror and not just present it was a, more, a lot more lighthearted but it's still a good movie it's on my to watch soon list but my watch list during all this is kind of crazy have you seen any things that you've been meaning to watch that you just hadn't got around to until all this like for me, I'd never seen the Lord Probably. of the Rings trilogy, and oh, yeah? I just saw those for the first time. And yeah. my wife was insistent about only watching the extended ones because I was going to miss stuff, but I wouldn't know if I missed stuff. But 
Yeah. They were intense. They were long, and I get it now, I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've watched so much stuff since the beginning of this year, I don't even remember all of it. So, I mean, we've definitely caught up on our uh, streaming pop culture. Um, so Beacons is about a decade out. How do you feel about that album now that we're 10 years out and we're, or you're about to release a box set that includes it and, you know, kind of all this stuff around it? I don't think about it a lot. Um, you know, I had to, I, I listened to that album again when I was, um, they sent me the test presses for it. So that was probably the first time I'd listened to it all the way through for years. And, um, I, I'm still like, I still think it's good. Um, I mean, I, I put so much thought and effort into the things that I do that that I would hope that, you know, even though I'm 10 years older, I could still look back on it and be like proud of it. And that's largely how I feel. Um, I don't, I don't think a lot about, you know, once I put something out into the world, it kind of like, I have to let go of it a little bit and I don't really think about it anymore. So like the the period of time where I'm I'm creating the thing, it's like my whole world and it's like my baby. But then you know once I kind of put it out and let it go, uh, it it I become a lot less um, not protective but like uh, clingy, I guess. Um, but people still seem to like it, and I think it still sounds good, and it has some cool stuff on it there you know here and there are the things on there that I, I might do differently if i were doing it now but um i i wouldn't want to go back and change it uh you mentioned that when you release something it's just kind of out of your head for a bit when you were uh when you did your tour how was it revisiting songs and having to like basically relearn them and all that stuff um like was that strange no it wasn't strange it was time consuming because um it was interesting that that process it, it was it was time consuming it was interesting because i i went back and revisited all the songs and i broke out the different um parts and isolated them and sent them to the guys at intronaut and then you know i made a set of isolated parts for myself to learn which i chose to do the like the more ambient parts because they're actually a little more technical as far as like creating them there's a lot of like pedal work involved and some uh, Ebo and stuff. I saw you guys in San Francisco and I was, I was. Yeah. That. And like the, are you in San Francisco? No, I'm up near Sacramento actually, but that's like the nearest place oh, okay. that most shows go. Cool. Um, yeah. So the, and those parts are a lot more abstract and I thought it would just be easier for me to play them because they're, they're kind of nonlinear and, and a lot more uh, like loosey goosey than like the riffs. The riffs are pretty straightforward. Um, so that was, uh, like I said, time consuming. Number one to, to make all of that and and send it out, and then also like I practiced it obsessively because I was just deathly afraid of screwing it up. And I was like, that's the last thing I need is to you know go out on this tour and like you know be slacking on my on like knowing how to do all this so i had it pretty pretty well nailed by the time that it started but like i if i had to do that all over again i'd have to just just learn it all again like 
there's I've made so many songs that like there's no way I could remember all of them and all the parts. And now that you're six years or so out from that, how likely do you think you would do that again? Considering that exact thing, this, or some version of that, I guess. I mean, yeah, some version of that. I I mean, all of this is temporary. Hopefully, you know, we all hope that like this is not going to be, you know, something that is. Um, Cloud kicker at the drive-through, drive-in rather. Yeah, I'd rather not do it. Like someone just asked me, you should do like a streaming show. It's like that just seems like it would be depressing for me. Like, like this super, you know, vague approximation of what it was like to play live. Like I can play guitar, you know, in my house anytime I want, and it's not going to like be exciting at all. It seems that and and doing it on Zoom just seems like it would be depressing, but. Um, that like that, uh, I think it was like four or five weeks of touring, like cross country. Um, I'm not sure I want to do that exactly again because it was well, a lot of time away from home, especially now, like, you know, I have a kid and everything. I just don't want to be gone for that long. Um, but I could easily see myself doing like two weeks or something, a week or two weeks somehow, sometime. I mean, obviously right now it's like not really on anyone's minds. Like, but as soon as this era is behind us, you know, and we were able to start thinking about that again, it, it'll probably float around in my head. Are you familiar with the band? I know, Go ahead. Sorry, but just I know the guys in Internet are still like always down to do that. So it's I don't think it's ever a question. It's just like when. Just got to be painted on a dolphin again, and they're in. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Um, are you familiar with the band Umphreys McGee? They're like a kind of a jam band but yeah, i guess they're a jam band i've never heard of them uh they're like fish but if fish like yes more or proggier stuff um i'm okay. a big i'm a big fan of them but they typically go out three days a week and they'll go out like well when touring happened they went friday saturday sunday to a place or thursday through saturday and then four days on the at home and that's how they're they were able to keep their sanity so maybe they have the ability to do that more intranaut and and perhaps you might not if you were on the road but like that's a way to not get us burned out, I guess. That used I used to think of that as the Louis C.K. model, but oh, yeah, then, um, or like the comedians. Uh, yeah, it uh, that I, I think that it maybe has fallen out of favor to call it that. But uh, yeah. that's <laughs> originally I was conceiving of something like that um, for that tour that we went on, and I was planning on like going home a couple times during it on the days off. But then once I got once I got into it and saw the reality of it, I was like that's way too much work. I'm just going to like just be on tour like a normal person. But yeah, that's definitely, uh, I, I dig that idea. Yeah. It just doesn't seem super feasible for everybody.
some of my favorite Cloud Kicker track. A weather front has stalled out in the Pacific like a lonely person lost in thought, oblivious of time. From the Cloud Kicker album, Subsume. I'll have more with Ben in a moment, but first I just wanted to take a moment to do the annoying podcast cliche of asking you to subscribe and rate the show over at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you do your podcast thing. Then please tell your friends to go to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com and fall in love with the show just like you have. Now that I need a shower after some shameful promotion, here are some of the track Ludendorff Brook from Solitude before I wrap my chat with Cloud Kicker. me is the dedication of you like your fan base because you put everything up for pay what you want on Bandcamp, and have yeah. seemed to be able to i don't know if, yeah i don't know if you can make your whole living off of it but do fine and sell physical products still and all that and keep the machine going and i think it's really cool um at this point when you know everyone is hurting for money is that why you're still doing pay what you want or because you could probably charge and people would be down for it yeah so i'm a unique individual in with regards to this i don't expect that everyone would be able to do this but as far as i'm concerned the fact that this has always been like secondary and like literally just a hobby for me um means that i can do it a lot differently i don't i don't ever intend to rely on music for my primary income nor would i want to because i feel like that would um add an element to it that i i i'm happier without uh, and yes, for some reason, my fan base is incredibly rabid and they'll buy anything, uh, which isn't to say that I'll make anything, you know, I still want to have some, you know, I, I value the integrity of knowing that everything that I've ever done is like something good. Um, so no fidget spinners so in I, your future. Uh, I mean, I haven't heard anyone ask for that. And if a lot of people did, I might consider it. <laughs> but no, that seems like that's kind of gone out of style also. Um, maybe uh, maybe Rubik's Cube, that seems like the new thing. Are Rubik's Cubes coming back? I just watched a documentary about speed cubers on Netflix the other night. Wow, cool. I have, I have like one friend who's super into them, and he was stoked about getting one in London just because it was from London. Anyway, sorry you were saying. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I was kind of missing the point of your question, but the point, I think what you asked was, I mean, you have the option to pay now and it's cool that you don't. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. No, yeah. I just, you know, I think that in a lot of ways, the, the having it be free, I mean, it's, here's the thing. It's free on bank. The music itself is free on Bandcamp. 
if you want to listen to it on Spotify or all these streaming services, I mean, if without ads, you still have to pay for it. Like all the main channels that people get their music from now, um, they're, they're still paying for it one way or the other, which is a little different than 10 That's years true. ago when Bandcamp first came out. Uh, but if you just want to go and you can get, you know, the lossless audio files and download them to your computer, you know, and then sync them to your phone or whatever. I don't know how many people still do that, but like, that'll always be an option. I don't see anything wrong with that. I license everything under creative commons. Um, and I almost feel like I've gotten more exposure from that than if I had everything like super locked down and like everything needed, you know, expressed written consent for me to use like, like people tell me all the time, like, Oh, I heard your song on NPR. I heard your song. It was in the background of some documentary. I'm like, I didn't know about that. And that's super cool. You know, I don't, I don't care that people are, are using it, um, at their, at their whim. It's less work for me. And I feel like more people hear it than would have otherwise. Cool. Uh, as of this recording tomorrow, you're putting out a few of your albums in a rad like vinyl box set. Um, and in the post about it, you mentioned, or in some comment on it, you said you weren't able to do some of the earliest stuff because you didn't have the original MySpace tracks. Uh, do you recall yeah, who was that's in the, your... like ultra, ultra early stuff, like pre Cloud Kicker? Yeah. Do you recall who was in your band's top eight? <laughs> um, I don't recall, but one thing I do remember is that when uh so that that like stuff that i was referring to that that was like it's so hard to explain now to people who weren't like it seems like you were on myspace but to people who weren't on myspace um it was a like so myspace as a social media platform um you know was more or less like what we're accustomed to it just had its own unique like differences and 2005-isms but like uh when they, they, MySpace created this option to have music on your page, I remember. And I was like, hey, what if my page was like my own music? That would be cool. So I made like a, a band page just for myself. And it was like my MySpace page, but it had, I would like write music for it. And that would be what was like on it. Um, and then that became like, I just kept writing music for that. And that became that, um, that collection of songs that's on my Bandcamp, um, which is why it's just called myspace.com slash music is tight. Cause that was my like URL for my, for myself. Also music and is then, tight. Music is tight. That is true. Um, uh, so then after that, like when I started saying like, I want to actually do a thing that's like a band. Um, and I made the thing that I called cloud kicker that was like an actual band MySpace page. So there's a long winded way of saying like, I don't remember who was in my top eight, but when I made that cloud kicker uh, page, I do remember that for a little while I was in Frederick Dordendal's top eight. And that was like one of the coolest things Sick. at the time. Yeah. I actually think I did a similar thing with my music. Cause I mm-hmm. did a bunch of stuff in like a magic's music maker thing and thought I was hot shit and put it as my music. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, still have the stuff and it's not great but it was a cool cool time um it was a cool time i kind of the wild west of i kind of miss my space in a weird way but it's i've actually checked on my music page which is still up for some reason and it yeah. doesn't look good and like it's no. it's rough 
But, I mean, we have enough yeah. other things, so it's fine. Yeah, what we really all need right now is another social media platform. I was just joking with my wife about one that seemed like a mix between Twitter and, like, Instagram that came out a few years ago that everybody jumped on for, like, a week. And it was, like, yeah. invite-only and just, it's already gone, and I can't remember it. So it must have done yeah. a great job. I remember I really <clears throat> wanted Google Plus to succeed. Oh, yeah. But it just didn't, and no one cared. Like, I, at one point, I was like, I, I migrated everything off of everywhere and just onto Google+. I was like, this is the next thing. And it just went nowhere. And, I, and it's like, at, at this point, anything that's like, that has any amount of, like, verbal interaction is simply going to devolve into just the worst kind of politics anyway. So who even cares what social media platform it is? I think you have done, like, you've been wise to, like, mostly do Instagram lately. Instagram is like barely hanging on right? because it's really hard to have political discussions the way the comments are laid out in Instagram. It doesn't stop some people from trying. Of course. But um, I, I've tried to keep just keep that away. It's so toxic. I've tried to just keep it completely separate from what I do in music. And it seems like everyone, it seems like most people are like, like-minded enough that um, Instagram has been actually cool for me. And I, I, more or less enjoy it all right man well thank you for talking to me today i'm looking forward to the new album dropping on the 8th why the 8th by the way a lot of people do fridays Just... <sighs> well you know i'm not a lot of people um that's true <laughs> well the 8th it's completely arbitrary i just i picked something where i thought maybe the, the thing with me is that like I always release these things as soon as I'm done and I don't even have any of any of the merch in production. So there's always this like three month lag between like when I put it out and then when the vinyl comes out. So this time there's still going to be a lag, but I did my best to like try to time it so that maybe even the vinyl would be out in the same month. Although it's looking more like it'll ship in October. So I don't have, I still don't have the patience to like, like I would have had to wait until November or something to put this out if I really, if I wanted to have everything on hand and ready to go, and I just why, like, you know. But hopefully the time is a little more compressed than it than it usually is, and that that was the only reason I chose the eighth. I I looked at the calendar and I was like, that looks like a good day, September eighth. Cool. Alrighty. Well, uh, like I said, thank you. Good uh, good songs I've heard so far, and. Uh... And when's this, when will you have this up? Tomorrow? I'm hoping tomorrow, yes. Okay, so in that case, uh, it'll be on all the streaming services on the 8th, but I'm like, quote unquote, surprised releasing it on Bandcamp tomorrow. I kind of so got like, that vibe from your post about the vinyl and stuff. Yeah, I figure like, I'm going to have all this stuff for pre-order. Like, it would be cool to actually have something also, like a real thing that people could could have on that day, so... And then today, I think sometime to either today or tomorrow, um, I'm going to put out the, I got Subsume remastered for this, for the vinyl box set. And I got it like a digital and a vinyl version. So I'm going to put out the digital version either today or tomorrow on Bandcamp. That reminds me, I'm going to give you a bunch of money for that box tomorrow. <laughs> I need to write, okay. write down that reminder. All right, yeah. dude. Hey, yeah, good times. Thanks for, uh, Thanks for chatting. Of course, man. You have a good rest of your day.
You too. See ya. Not sure if you cut that last part, but Solitude by Cloud Kicker is out now. Surprise early release just in time for Bandcamp Friday. So head to cloudkicker.bandcamp.com and pre-order your physical copy of Solitude and get that fancy new box set that I really want. Then follow Ben on Instagram at cloudkickermusic for what's largely wholesome guitar-related content. Now to wrap this episode, I am recommending the incredible one-man progressive act Igor Lepo. Igor is from St. Petersburg, Russia, and, and has been releasing music under his own name for a few years now. His sound is like a mixture of Devin Townsend, Killigilla's Horse, and Haken. Following two albums in 2018 and 2019, respectively, Igor released an EP this July called Make the Sun Shine More. From that EP, here is Moonlight in its entirety.
you can get Make the Sunshine More and everything else from Igor over at igorlepo.bandcamp.com. Then follow him over at facebook.com slash igorlepomusic. That is E-G-O-R-L-A-P-P-O music. And before I wrap, I'd like to invite y'all to head over to farbandmetalpodcast.com. There, if you're in a band or a musical act or something and you want to be on the show, you can do like Igor did and submit your music. Also follow the show at facebook.com slash farbandmetal, Instagram at farbandmetalpod, Twitter underscore farbandmetal. I think that's everything you're supposed to care about. And of course, the theme song is Farbandmetal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.